0: Hey, this is Derek. Um, this is the second part of our Game of the Year 2017 podcast series. If you missed the first part, go on head and head on back to your podcast feed and download that. Otherwise, enjoy the uh, rest of our 2017 Game of the Year deliberations. Our next category is called Greatest Escape.
1: So this the is the greatest uh, escape.
0: The greatest escape. Um, I'm this is just like which part of that of the great escape did we like the best in 2017? <laughs> um, the part where,
1: like, they they escape. Right, yeah. yeah and they, like, favorite.
0: where they're talking to the, the guard and he says, good luck. Good luck. And then, like, yeah. they're done for. That's, yeah, um, that's,
1: that's my favorite part.
0: So this is really just, like, it was also, I also had it listed as most comforting game. Uh, and And this is the game that we could relax with, chill out with, escape 2017 with, find some refuge. This was a year where we needed that, and I think there were a lot of games that probably did this for a lot of different people. A lot of different games did this for a lot of different people. But I am curious. I Maybe I go first this time? Yeah. You guys have gone first before? We'll allow it. All right. We'll, we'll allow Sub-arbitration. it. Sub-arbitration, we'll allow it. So I had, there were games that I thought were going to fulfill this for me, one of which was Stardew Valley, hmm. and I have it on Switch now, and I'm going to play it, but I still haven't like gotten to it yet. And I started a couple of, like, two or three uh, times throughout this year, I started that game on my PC, and I just never actually, like, got hooked on it. I thought that was going to be it. It wasn't. If I was being honest, Hearthstone was actually kind of this game <laughs> for the first half of the year before I uninstalled it. Um, not out of anger or frustration. I was just like, I'm done with Hearthstone. And like a new expansion had come out and I just had come out and I didn't have any new cards and it just kind of sucked. And I was like, well, this is a great time to just say goodbye. So I think actually like in terms of hours spent, I probably did spend, I have like, I had like a spreadsheet where I listed all the games that I played this year. And I said 60 for that game is probably higher than that. So like I spent a lot of time on Hearthstone and that's honestly what the first half of the year kind of was. But the one that's in my heart deep in my soul is obviously Breath of the yeah. Wild. Like, I think it's super easy for, for reasons I've already mentioned about its impact is, like, it allows you to just sort of lose yourself and uh, immerse yourself in that world. I mean, I, immersion is such a tricky thing to talk about, but, um, you know, it was really just, like, a wonderful – I mean, it's beautifully – the art choice, the art, cho- the choices they made in terms of visual art – and, like, environment design are just really wonderful and it's just a very pleasant game to be in. And I really liked it. I actually don't have much yeah. beyond that. It's just, like, I really liked losing. And, and you know, it, it came at the right, right time for me, yeah. I think. Um, around March, we were doing a conference, and that was really awesome. I was really happy with how it turned out. So it was very stressful, and it was a really great way to unwind. So that is my greatest escape of 2017.
1: Yep. Kyle. I agreed. Just like, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I was gonna say everything that Derek said for why Breath of the Wild had the biggest impact is for me why it was my most comforting game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote, Breath of the Wild taps my nostalgia vein really hard. Yeah. So done. Um, The aesthetics are pastoral. They're bright. They're imaginative. Like everything's nice. You know, or even the dark stuff is still like vividly rendered. Controls are intuitive, highly accessible kind of just like a game meant for relaxing and being dippy. Comforting. It's dippy. Very dippy. It's yeah. very dippy. Very dippy. Um, yeah. Similarly, I had like listed under like games that I've probably played the most would be Total War Warhammer 2, which is one of those part of the Total War franchise, but weirdly enough, Total War Warhammer 2 has been really stressing me out lately because they <laughs> did some really bad uh, updates to it, yeah. which I could they just could go off on for a yeah. while. So that's not that much. Uh, FIFA 18 is just like a, I played Soccer video game, yeah. so it's fun. I like yeah. it, but yeah, if I was gonna think about game that was my refuge, it was it was Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So yeah, agreed.
0: Cool. And you said it better too, like those the the, the those aesthetics that was really yeah. But I think
1: because like really you cover the gameplay elements like so yeah. well, I think it's it's important too to say that the aesthetics were I think for me a
2: huge part. Of, of, of like the comforting level, you know. Absolutely, Terrell. Uh, didn't spend a whole lot of time with this game, but Sonic Mania. Mm. Uh, cool. It was just. Hit my nostalgia beam, personally. Yeah, um, sure. Sonic 2 for the Genesis was one of the first games that I played kind of ever. Um, so playing it was kind of a... It managed to capture everything about the original Sonic, and especially critically, some of Sonic's more recent ventures have been not so great. Yeah, um, Maybe that's an episode unto itself. But uh, <laughs> there's some moments where it includes some things that are kind of interesting and... If you're a fan of Sonic and you've been following where he's been and what's happened with the Sonic franchise... Things have been dark. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, he, he was
2: a werewolf. Things were dark, <laughs> a but werehog. they were also, there's like, I mean, I don't know, it's weird. Like, at the end of the second stage, which is a recreation of the chemical plant zone from Sonic 2, there's this really interesting thing they do with the boss fight that's mm-hmm. just kind of like, wow, that's, that was tight. Cool.
1: So I am sorry, though, the correct answer was Breath of the Wild. Yeah, sorry, we're going to
2: actually... So we're going to have to cut that. That game (laughs) is overrated. Whoa.
0: Wow. That's all right. All right, it's fine. We've got a category for that. Yep. And it's coming up. (laughs) Next category. Our next category, Most 2017 Game. Okay, so this one is, uh, if we we tried to escape the world with our greatest escape, (laughs) this is the one that was just like... Right there in it, just talking to the political, social, you know, economic, global, etc. issues of our time. Um, who wants to go first? Uh, Kyle.
1: I guess. Yeah, we had an order. Like, am I next?
0: Do you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. Hit um,
1: us. Most twenty seventeen game, Wolfenstein Two, the New Colossus. You you did get to this then? Uh, yeah, I played a little bit of it. Cool. Um, but I think more importantly. It's the discussion surrounding Wolfenstein okay. to The New Colossus, okay. right? Okay, so the reason it's the most 2017 game is because this was the first time probably ever that it became political to kill Nazis in a video game, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it became a politically contentious issue mm-hmm. to kill Nazis yep. in a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just hard to point out how unprecedented this is <laughs> mm-hmm. to the point that when Wolfenstein, The Old Blood, came out, I think it was 2015, like all the talk was like, oh, it's so tired to have a game that kills Nazis, right. right? And so, you know, there's a bunch of articles about this online, but, like, a lot of this stems from the fact that they put the Wolfenstein 2 trailer up 20, you know, maybe, like, late 2016, and you had a bunch of, like, people saying, like, oh, look at these SJWs, right? Make yeah. a about killing Nazis. Yeah. How messed up is that? This is clearly anti-Trump, right? Like, right. Like, <laughs> a kind of weird rhetoric. You know, a lot of these people are probably trolls, but, yeah. like, that doesn't negate the fact that, like, those words were articulated... An intent in doesn't time, matter, right? On the
0: internet. Yeah. So
1: the fact that 2017 precipitated like such an enormous continental shift in the spectrum of acceptable political discourse that killing Nazis is mm-hmm. a problem. Um, that's why uh, Wolfenstein too is my choice. So I feel like it captures 2017 in a way because yeah. that the atmosphere around it has changed so much. Um, and I don't think I need to explain how 2017 has been like a bad year for a lot of things, yeah. right? Um, from I have you know a long list here uh <laughs> refugees and immigrants being quarantined in America's airports our president condoning Nazis and castigating protesters the passage of a tax bill targeted at pleasing republican donors it's a rough year like emotionally for rough, people very rough. and like socially and for like, our nation right, and, materially, and like economically yeah. Yeah. for the global order right. right and the future of a global order um but I think it's not all bad I think there is promise going into 2018 um we had the largest global peaceful protest in history, uh, the Women's March. That's uh, true. The GOP was frustrated in passing a health care appeal that would have endangered the life, uh, lives of 23 million people. And Alabama has a Demo- Democratic Senate. <laughs> and perhaps most importantly, a game about killing Nazis is radi- rated 88 on Metacritic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. And it's, and it's, 88? The, yeah, the oh second the second best game in the Wolfenstein franchise after, I think, Castle Wolfenstein Okay. Um, ever made. Uh, so, yeah, for those reasons, uh, Wolfenstein 2 is my choice for best game of 2017. It has both, like, the peaks and the valleys of this year. Yeah, um, Most 2017 game. That's what I said. Is that what I said? What did I say? Didn't he say it?
2: He said best game of 2017. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. That's not oh, true. Oh.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's my bad. For the most 2017 game. It's a great game, but yes. it also kind of captures something yeah.
0: okay. about 2017. T, do you want to go next? Sure. What is your most 2017 game?
2: I'm gonna go with Pyre.
0: Okay, interesting,
2: cool. Um, and I guess this might be like a my personal experience of 2017 is that it was shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Let me let me work. Maybe, maybe dial that back just a tad. It um. I have a was... bunch of reasons for why, if you want to look at my notes. <laughs> He's cheat on his notes. Well, I mean, like, yeah, you know cross-apply everything Kyle said. Yeah. But like also just like sort of personally, it wasn't really yeah. great. Yeah. For a number of reasons. Um but the kind of idea of pyres that there are a handful of characters kind of banding together and they exist in this kind of space that's like basically where you go when you are forsaken and forgotten by the world at large. And you kind of compete in these games and you sort of have teamwork and you play this kind of athletic ish game game that also is sort of like a spiritual rite of sorts and if you win you kind of go on and continue and you have the capacity to possibly gain re-entry into the world but Mm -hmm. more than that it's the kind of camaraderie amongst the team members and the decision to do um, everything they're in. It's also kind of a somewhat fun way of telling a story and that it kind of includes you but I guess just the reason I would call it the most 2017 game for me is that that kind of idea of random band of characters kind of playing off one another and having some kind of collective teamwork and having some fun along the way um, despite the fact that they are forsaken by all that is good in the world. Yeah. Just as... Yeah, it's... Are you talking about us or the people in the game?
0: <laughs> so that, it's, Double that's, on <laughs> uh, that's, the, that's, how it, that's how that works though. That's, that's the thing. Exactly the thing. Cool. Pyre. I good, need to check it choice. out. Good choice, yeah. I've heard good things. Uh, so my most twenty seventeen game is also Wolfenstein 2. The new Ew. colossus. Hey. And I, I, I won't I, I won't repeat anything that Kyle said. Um I played this like at the end of twenty seventeen in December again. I think as a game let me, let me back up. This game is a shooter and for most of the time what you're doing is shooting Nazis. And as Kyle said, it's kind of wild that that's political. Uh, as a shooter, it's kind of boring. Um, I think I think the guns don't really do much different from each other. The environments you move through don't allow you to really fight in very many different ways. Like the first one, I remember vividly, like you could like be stealthy for a while, whereas in this one, you just can't. You can be a little stealthy at the beginning and then shit's going to pop off and you're going to be fighting. Guns blazing. It's the cut scenes for me that, drove me through this game that really like pushed me to keep playing and they are some of the most powerful and fascinating and like important uh, cutscenes that I've seen in games before uh, it's it's really like there are Nazis in America and it is not like they are um, it's not like there's a war on in America it's like uh, certain groups of people all across the US just kind of flipped and collaborated and like there's a new, I mean, it's not the game's not called yeah. the New Order. That's what the first one's called. But like, there's a new order that reigns in the U.S. and it ab- is ab- com- normalcy. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And and for as much as the game is about gorely killing Nazis, there are all these moments where you see two women just chatting on a on a '50s like any street USA kind of a place about. Oh, you're! I'm engaged. I'm so excited. Yeah, you're coming to the wedding. Oh, just make sure you tell uh, tell your father I've got some hard-working slaves up for auction later. Yeah. And that kind of, like, you just go, ugh. <laughs> and it makes you feel something that... Other media has done this already. There's already plenty of good scholarship and novels and movies, and uh, I think... But there's something about, like, going through a space and, like, inhabiting that space and, like, feeling like you're there and, like, feeling viscerally a part of that and being forced to confront that sort of white supremacy history of the U.S. Um, Christopher Franklin, uh, Aaron Signal, a guy we've referenced and, and uh, sort of worked, worked on his stuff a bunch before, has a really great reading of this of this game. And his one of his points about the game is that he's not quite as high on it as I think a lot of people have been, as, as I was. Um, his point and I, I, other people voice this, people who I respect, that the game has sort of, like, a tonal kind of problem where there's, like, a bunch of weird, dumb jokes at, like, really intense, dramatic moments that sort of, like, make the game feel very strange. Like, it's taking... There's, like, a very serious moment between B.J. Blazkowicz and his his partner, who's pregnant, and then all of a sudden, this guy bursts out of the toilet and goes, Oh, yeah, the toilet works, that's for sure. It's, like, the weirdest thing. And it didn't even... I didn't even catch it. But when, when, you know, when Christopher was going through it, like making this case, I was like, you know what? There is a little bit of a tonal problem, but I like some of those cutscenes where, so you meet, um, there's basically like a black civil rights, like resistance leader, um, that you meet in New York. And then she sort of joins the crew and becomes basically the the leader. And she gives this speech, you know, she's talking with BJ and BJ's like, yeah, these monsters that just destroy in America and destroying everyone. She's like, no, 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 they're not monsters. They're men. And that's sort of like, like the, the every the the reminding the reminders of the everydayness of this kind of of, of sort of like, power and white supremacy and that history in the U.S. Yes. It's really powerful. The um, banality of evil. Yeah, if you will, if you will, uh, and and I th- and I think, I think that Christopher Franklin and other people who've made those criticisms are like spot on, and that the text itself doesn't actually carry out all of the critiques that I might hope that it does. Like it occasionally hits that well in a cutscene or in like a little conversation that you overhear. But it's actually the context that I'm living in that has made this game most powerful for me. Like in that last moment in the end of the at the end of the game there's this scene and I'm not gonna give it away because it's really powerful. But something happens and it's very dramatic. And there's it's this sort of culmination, and there's this call to action, kind of a direct address to the player. And I got like choked up. (laughs) I was just like, and then there's basically like, uh, we're like, uh, who's the? We're not gonna take it. um, Twisted Sister. Yes. (laughs) There's like a mashuga cover of We're Not Gonna Take. I'm not sure if it's mashuga, but it sounds like mashuga. It's like it's someone playing a mashuga song and then playing that song in it, and it's just like I just felt it like powerfully and. I felt it because of the world that I've been living in for so long uh, and and not necessarily just because of the text. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this is this is a moment where it's like I, I totally accept the criticism that the text itself is <laughs> conflicted and like maybe doesn't fully carry out the critiques yeah. I'd like for it to carry out. But it has that seriousness in it such that I felt it so hard. And I think that's what a lot of other people felt was that like yep. regardless of its like lack of uniformity or like clear direction, like, This was written, of course, well before Trump was president, right? All of this game development was happening well before Trump was elected or any of this, like, before Charlottesville or anything like that. Um, And yet this game finds itself in a time when it just resonates so thoroughly that, like, you know, it's just, it can't help but be my most 2017 game. Yeah. Good choice. Okay. It's time to set loose the dogs of war. We made it. Cry havoc and... (laughs) Lay it out. What is the best game of 2017? This is it, guys. This is the showdown. This is it. The We're ultimate gonna, contest. Three games enter, one game, and one person leaves. Leaves. Everyone else will be dead. <laughs> Terrell's just like, what the fuck? Because I'm going to lose again. <laughs> That's why I'm shaking we'll my we'll head. We'll see. We'll see. I don't think any of us have picked the same game. I would guess that we haven't. I think we we might have. We'll see what happens. I'll go first because I All haven't. Right. I I have not gone first in these others. All right, it's Zelda. Boo. So I knew you didn't pick Zelda. <laughs> I don't think Terrell picked
2: Zelda. I most definitely. Oh yeah, you did not. not. Should
1: we also guess what the others said as their best game? Uh, I, I okay, think, I think you picked Zelda. You thought I <laughs> 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 plus one to Kyle. <laughs> did no, you? Is ve- that no. what you thought no. I was going to say? Uh, no, I actually had no. You idea. You thought? It, oh, I had okay. No the idea. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say PUBG. Uh, it's, so I was being honest. Yeah. It's 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 not yeah, PUBG it's for idea. very
0: small reasons. It's weird. Yeah. I spent way more time with PUBG, but it is Zelda yeah. for me. Okay. Um, Give wh- us your reasoning. Okay. Uh, the reason it's Zelda is for things I've already said, I think. Uh for for like the for the impact and the moments, but like um I think it's it's a it's an example of how I think it's an example of how. Small changes are the things that like small, a bunch of small little changes are the things that produce these like masterworks, Uh, and and sometimes it's a big massive innovation and they create a whole new genre of games, but um, the perfection of something happens probably more often when it's the tweaking of a bunch of tiny little things, and even even if you guys don't agree with me, and I think there's a case to be made that the that there's a bunch of little things about Zelda that also aren't great. Uh, it's that re-injection of that wonder. of the. It's the focus on the experience that the player has and not on the systems that the game offers or the tools that the game offers. It's like Zelda is both a thing that enables this sort of sense of exploration and wonder, but it's also a, a, like a set of tools that you can use to do things and to create moments and memories. And I think, when I think about my time with, most other video games I've played, again, I've, I think I've said this already, I just don't have specific memories of things that I did and how I did them. And with Zelda and, and PUBG, I mean, for both of those games, but really, I think... Actually, a little bit more for PUBG, but this isn't why I like it. I still like Zelda better. Uh, it's 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 giving you just, like, enough tools that you can understand sort of implicitly and, like, use and combine in really fascinating and interesting ways, in surprising ways. And And I really... I love to be surprised by media, whatever it is, whether it's games or or books or whatever, you know. Um, and this game surprised me more than almost any other game has, and it sort of reinvigorated a passion for, uh, for for games. It reinvigorate at that time. It reinvigorated a passion for games that I, that maybe it wasn't lost. It was just like you know not so powerfully present. Yeah. That's that's my argument for Zelda. All right. Yeah.
1: Even though I thoroughly disproved it at the start of the podcast.
0: (laughs) You can't disprove my feelings. Uh, Who wants to go next? You want to go? Yeah. I'll go? Okay. I think Kyle picked Horizon Zero Dawn. T, what do you think? You're not going to play this game? (laughs) Sure. He picked Horizon Zero Dawn. I picked Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) wow. Okay. I did.
1: I really actually did.
0: Yep. Okay. Um... (laughs) What? Okay, wait, why are you surprised if you thought that's what I picked? Surpri- well, oh, I mean, I, I I just didn't expect to be right. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> you still uh, always expect to be wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. Kind of default, yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, so I picked Horizon Zero Dawn um, over Breath of the Wild, over Total War Warhammer 2, Oldenstein 2, you know, all the other games that came out. Total um, Warhammer came out this year? Total Warhammer 2. Oh. Um... Yeah, okay. So I picked Horizon Zero Dawn. I think some things about it that I think are important. Okay. Uh, it's the only AAA game released in 2017 that is wholly new IP. Okay. So it's the, it's the only game released in 2017 that's a AAA that okay. uh, was made out of its completely new intellectual property, right? Not a continuation of a series, not anything else, which sure. is, like, kind of amazing, right? We live in a world of, like, sequels and that's true. universes and superhero movies, right? Yeah. And so you normally go into a game kind of like knowing stuff, right? And so for me to get into a game that uh, is, kind of takes a norm of science fiction and gaming, like post-apocalyptic wasteland, you know, world, um, but adds enough spin and freshness to it that I'm interested and, like, engaged, I think that's really impressive. So, yeah, I think in terms of, like, story... Um, Yeah, it it kept me engaged. It kept me really engaged. I was really fascinated by the story, by the world, by obviously, like, robo-dinosaurs and robo-animals. Like, very cool, very innovative, I think. um, Very neat. Um, It gave me the same feeling as when, like, I first played the original Assassin's Creed, um, which I think in a lot of ways, the gameplay is very similar to Assassin's Creed, um, which is a sense that this was, like, a whole... this, This was, like, a whole new world that I was engaging in, right? So just like in Assassin's Creed when, like... You're you know playing the game and then like you wake up in the Animus and you're like what is going on like I'm in mean, like it's like the future maybe and like there's like like when you first get eagle vision and like you see this stuff on your walls it was just like the intrigue like the essence of it was so amazing and that's the first way I felt when like I fought you know found like a robotic elk running around and my like pseudo dad, Rost was like yeah kill it with your bow and I was like what you know uh, really impressive. Um, I think it's one of the few games I've played ever, probably one of the few, if not the only game I've played that has a satisfying and complex female lead. Um, Many games have female leads. You know, a lot of people were saying like, oh, like what about Tomb Raider? Like basically the same as Raiden Zero Dawn. And I don't think so. Um, Not at all. No, yeah. I think like a female, for a a lead to be a good female lead and to be like a feminist character, it needs to do a lot of things. Um, In particular, the character has to not be defined exclusively and explicitly by, like, adopting male tropes, right? That's what Tomb Raider is. Tomb Raider is, like, let's make a game with a female lead, but she's basically a dude, right? right. Like, and like she, she's, she, she d-
0: she's badass, yeah. which is code word for she's a dude. Adopts male tropes, right? She's, like, a, a, a masculine hero.
2: And, yeah, reboot. So many things to say about <laughs> For
1: sure. And, right. and, and that's a lot of games with female leads, or even, like, you could argue Samus. You know, just, like, games with female leads where it's, like, In that case, it doesn't really matter whether it's a male or a female. They just made it a woman, hashtag empowerment, right? (laughs) Hashtag resistance, boys. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, and so the... I'm blanking on the name of the character. Aloy. (laughs) Um, I think Aloy obviously is a badass, right? She, like, kills robots. She has a bow and arrow. It's super cool. Um, But in all of your interactions, she's, like, kind of thoughtful and protective. And, like, those, I guess, are traditionally female tropes, but in a way that's not, like caring mother or like naive girl she just like has character traits and that exists like you know divorced explicitly from gender um her main goal is not centered around a man rescuing a man finding a man yeah you know getting her man right yeah there aren't even love interests really in the game like a couple characters clearly like really like aloy yeah but i was blown away i started the game and you meet this character named varl Uh Um, who's, like, part of your tribe. And I was talking with Terrell. I was like, oh, so he's gonna be, like, the guy in the game. And Terrell's like, I have no idea who you're talking about. (laughs) Like, because you meet him the first couple hours. And then, like, he shows up once at the end of the game. And he's like, oh, hey, it's you again. That's super cool. Yeah, Um, Like, the king of the sun people, like, Clearly is in love with you, but you're like, no, I gotta find my mom, right? Yeah. So,
2: right. All three of the options that you have to respond to that moment, none <laughs> yeah, of which are or
1: none of which are like, oh, thank God a man has finally given me purpose in life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um So yeah, I think for those reasons. Plus, I mean, you kill a robotic dinosaur, that's the size of a building. That with your a bow description and arrow, of that was really right? <laughs> was quite convincing. I mean, that's it amazing. did some work. So yeah, for those reasons, a, a totally like fresh and new world. Even though like. The trope of post-apocalyptic world is kind of tired, you know. It had a fresh spin. It's like a lush, green, verdant world with, or with high contrast. There's deserts. There's you know snow, but also it's clearly post-apocalyptic, right? There's like ancient buildings. There's giant you know robotic giraffes and and uh, stegosaurus, uh, stegosauri, and all that. Um, yeah, uh, complex complex female lead. Uh, Gameplay is tight and if maybe not innovative as much as like perfecting something that I was really already into. Ryzen and Zerodon. My game of the year. Cool. I'm guessing your game is also Horizon Zero Dawn. Correct. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um It was that or Persona Five? Those are my two guesses.
2: Yeah. If I had played more of Persona Five, it might have been um up there. But um I played Horizon Zero Dawn obsessively when mm-hmm. I first got it, and it definitely was the reason that I really did not get into Breath of the Wild. Which was just like yeah. jumping from one to the other was yep. really yep. really hard. Um I didn't even have half of the tools of the game. I think, like, I had unlocked Fire Arrows. (laughs) And the core loop of just running through the world, achieving stealth kills, occasionally performing X or performing Y before you can even hack dinosaurs, I was just like, wow, all of this is so satisfying. I just want to keep doing it. Like, I don't want the story to progress yet. I just want to keep collecting stuff. And, you know, I would go so far, and just thinking about this, it's like, I think that there's kind of a, within the past... I guess decade you can say now, um, starting with Bioshock, then going to Far Cry, and then going, I would say, to Far Cry 3 specifically, yeah. then going to MGS5, The Phantom oh, no. Pain, and now not culminating, but finding its like latest sort of iteration in, um, in Horizon Zero thing. Dawn is this kind of sense of here are a bunch of mechanics, do stuff, yeah. right? So you sitting there talking about how it was that you took on the Thunderjaw. Yeah. My strategy for taking on the Thunder Jaw was very different because the thing that I discovered, or the thing that sort of became a part of my core strategy when it came to fighting dinosaurs, was hitting them with Thunder Tear arrows. Yep. And when you yep. hit them with Thunder Tear arrows, it knocks parts of their components sure. off, and then you can collect them. But you can get you, the gun, exactly. the gun from the top of the Thunder so Jaw. So oh, I sure. always cool. go after it, and I'm like, yep. all right. Your the guns has gone, is right? Yeah, yeah, it's disc yeah. cannon, and I think there yeah. might be some other ones he there, has, too. Yeah,
1: because the Thunderjaw has, like, nine freaking guns on it. Exactly. <laughs> so
2: you knock all those guns off just so it's like you can't use these anymore. That's a liability. But I can use them against you, yeah. and that's kind of awesome. Or there's the possibility of using a bunch of the traps, or there's a the possibility of finding every single dino in the region, hacking, <laughs> hacking them, them all and then, you. you know, the minute you, like, get in trouble, they're all like, come to the rescue, yeah. and, like, you know... It's like I did once hack two ravagers to take
1: down a Thunderclaw, and I was like, "This is like how a wolf pack takes down a bear." That's like literally (laughs) what I'm doing. They're like leaping on him, and I'm like, like flipping arrows. Yeah, exactly.
2: So (laughs) that sort of sense of like there are different sort of strategies, and you find your like optimal strategy to sort of take it down. Um, Also, I think that, and this is probably the one time that I will borrow a phrase from. What is his name? He's British. Total is it Yatzie. He, to- yeah. Oh, Total Biscuit. To- or- Yahtzee, yeah, I think. Not, Yahtzee? not totally Biscuit. Okay, okay. Totally right. ben Yahtzee um, I think he called it Ludo Narrative Synchronicity. Synchronicity, yeah. Um, <laughs> because there are just <laughs> moments of playing with Aloy that sort of match the story so, so powerfully. Funny. I think that, honestly, there's a sort of opening cinematic when she just has to discover the little um, focus thing. Yeah. And she's discovering how it works. And I think it's the boy, Varl, who's in trouble.
1: No, that's, that's a different guy. Yeah, that's uh, different, guy. Right. The guy, I forgot his name, yeah. Right. But he's like a big dum-dum, and he falls in the middle of like a bunch of robots. You know? Yeah,
2: um, a bunch of watchers. Yeah. And she has this moment where she's like, I can see the paths they take, and Roast is like, stop playing games, but she goes and does it anyway, and it's like this like weird sort of moment. But then the way that that kind of culminates with the sort of mother figure's voice in yeah. the closing cinematic, the way that that sort of speaks yeah. to a kind of weird theme that could loosely be called education but is probably more akin to like discovery yeah like that was probably you know if there's a game that kind of shook me up in 2017 it was probably that
1: i agree i also just another thing that i wrote down but i forgot to say is like the way it dealt with race how it's like clearly like a post-racial society but like it they're still like heavily tribalistic or at least like the people that you're with are like Mm -hmm. heavily tribalistic and i think like just for me, I was like, this is great. Like, it's never talked about, right? Race is always just like, yeah, of course. Like, people are just different races. But, like, that doesn't mean that, like, we're in a utopia where everything's solved, right? Like, it seems to me, like, that's what good science fiction and good games that are, mm-hmm. you know, in that genre should depict, right? Is, like, let's not just say, like, hey, what if they're like, there are space Asian people, you know? Like, <laughs> right. What, or what if, you know, like, what's uh, Starship Troopers, right? Like, what if, you know, Asian people are an allegory for bugs, right? Or bugs are an allegory for Asian people, mm-hmm. Um Instead, say, like, okay, what would it be? What would it really mean if race wasn't like a signifier of difference in mm-hmm. society? How could like a society be structured? It's like, okay, let's make it like matrilineal and matriarchal, right? But also focus like fiercely tribalistic and fiercely protective of their borders and with like a weird worship of a mountain, right? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Like, that's imagining a society that's obviously clearly not present <laughs> in our current, right. uh, you know, global order. Um, but imagining something outside of these kind of strictures of
0: race, gender, class—that's cool. I think that's what good science fiction. It's actually a little utopian, is what you're saying. Y- yeah, but like, or like, <laughs> it's utopian not in like, um, it's utopian like in a place that doesn't exist. Yeah, it's like, it's I- like this isn't yeah. what we already have. Yeah, and it's it, it is significantly different from what the real yeah. world is like. Yeah, and that's cool. But like, clearly, still having
1: problems and things to work through. I think that's yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah. Um, so in this in this place Derek was wrong. Yeah, I was the wrong. Correct answer and, was and and now Zero I really
0: really want to play Horizon <laughs> Zero Dawn. It's like It's a tough transition between Breath of the Wild. And I think people And I have of, some I have some time yeah. since I played uh, Breath of the Wild. I I did play a little bit over the break to sort of show my sister cuz she's um, she and I have played Zelda games for uh, growing up. We played them a lot together. So um I I'm just going to play that game and we're just going to say it's Horizon zero dawn. (laughs) Uh, I like, I, I could, I don't think I, I I don't have as much, I don't think there's as much going on with Zelda as there is with, with horizon zero dawn at the levels that you guys are talking about. Like, um, yeah, there's, there's, I've seen interesting articles about like how, uh, the Bokoblins, which are like the sort of like goblin creatures that you fight in the plains of Hyrule or, or whatever. Um, how they kind of have like a culture and like they won't actually fuck with you unless you oh, come yeah. up to them and like maybe you're kind of the you're aggressor. the bad guy maybe yeah. actually like you could just leave them alone and like not mess with them um no they're evil right exactly no no they they come alive when the blood they're moon evil happens, kill them so. there's no morality yeah exactly um
2: see, I don't
0: that's a yeah. I, I I'm yeah. looking I'm looking to see like what does Zelda imagine for this kind of stuff? And it doesn't just, it really doesn't imagine. It yeah, because, well, I
1: mean, Zelda's kind of is of a stuff. fantasy world, like a fantastical setting, which, like, you know, good fantasy can make social commentary, but also, like, you are imagining also some fundamental rules are different. Like, right. there aren't really humans in the Zelda world. Like, I guess, like, the Kakariko people yeah, are maybe. humans. Yeah. Well, but they're, I mean, like, ninjas. But
2: think about <laughs> it this way you can talk about something like the culture of the Gorons or the yeah, Zoras. Yeah, Zelda, that's true. But like you starting to talk about like, Oh, there's the culture of these creatures. Yeah. It's just a little, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't
0: know. I mean, it, it's yeah. My my only point by that is just like, people have tried to make the argument that maybe the game engages with that at a deeper level than, like, here are the Gorons, and yeah. they look this way, and here are the Zoras, and they look this way, yeah. and that's, like, how... I I, I don't think it... Destined it, to fight forever, it blood could in the be, streets. Right, exactly. It could be that maybe you've just made a better argument for Horizon Zero Dawn, but, like, I also... It sounds like there's more, more maybe being engaged with explicitly in Horizon Zero Dawn yeah. than...
1: And it's easier because it's about humans. It's, like, about... It is a post-apocalyptic setting, you know, and so, mm-hmm. like... You're trying, and you do uncover, like, how did the apocalypse happen? Yeah. How did this weird world come to exist that's, like, yeah. both lush and also filled with destruction, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. And there's a historical weight behind Zelda with all of oh, for races, sure. right? So it's, like, we all actually, and this is maybe to flip it around a little bit, like, one of the things that let me feel, I think, maybe at home in Zelda is just like, oh, Gorons, of course. Oh, Zora, of course, yeah. right? See Scholars at Play episode 8, Breath of the Wild and Nostalgia. <laughs> Bingo, yeah. So, um you know, we, we said a lot about
1: it then. Yeah. And, uh, and for the game to be like, oh, you know, there's Calamity Ganon, and we're all like, yup, you know? Right, like, exactly. Like, oh, like, yeah, yeah, that's Ganon. Ganon, yep, got it, you know?
0: And like, even, even beyond nostalgia, like the idea of having like a, like the desire for a communally shared set of, historical experiences or aesthetic experiences zelda for better or for worse these mass cultural project products try to fill that void and i I don't know. I think this one does it for me, and other yep. people who are interested in games too. Yep. So, but I'm willing to. I think we throw I mean, it to Horizon. You're, you're wrong, but I'm, like I'm I guess wrong, but, a... but but it's cool. It's cool that you're wrong. Like objectively, you're wrong. Yeah. But, like you know, two greater than one. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore,
2: and ninety is greater than two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. uh, that well, was our vicious. Uh, <laughs> that was a hard contest. No that was a holds difficult. barred <laughs> debate about game of the year. Derek is now dead. Uh <laughs>
1: Breath of the Wild still a good game. Yeah, I don't know.
2: I think uh, I think get your what is it? Ninety one point lead. Yeah. <laughs> pretty that holds comfortable. pretty strong. Yeah. However yeah. bad however bad you lost points here. don't Yeah. Know, yeah. Think. The next yeah. game that I make up, it'll be like
1: here are questions about Terrell's childhood. <laughs> 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 Perfect. All right. Send us your your best games of the year. Yeah, uh, everybody. You know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Feel free to email us. Definitely. Or, Hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, um, with sure. your with your favorite games of the year, maybe your most comforting game, your biggest impact. Yeah, let us know what you think. Yeah, game.
0: The, you know these these implicitly function as recommendations. I think it's unavoidable, and we'd love to hear what you what you guys yeah. enjoyed. If you viciously disagree with us, yeah, please come at us. Because Horizon Zero Dawn did not fare well in a lot of discussions this year. No, nope. it did not. I don't think um, it won very many awards. You know, any IGN awards? No, yeah, and, I don't think and, it won any
1: Kotaku. It won like best editing or something yeah.
0: at Kotaku, something like hey. that. I was like, okay. Didn't show up on, I don't think it showed up on anyone's at Waypoint, so. Yeah. yeah. So we're different. We're super. Yeah, per, yeah.
1: We, you know, got a game that was a AAA release, sold like 30 million copies. No right. one's ever heard of oh, it. Oh,
0: man. So, like, indie. You probably never heard of it. So yeah. indie. All right. So, in, in, the, in the spirit of recommendations, one of our final categories we want to talk about is a game that we would recommend to each other. Yeah. Uh, now that's the three of us here in this room because we know yeah. each other better. But uh you know <laughs> Or do you People Y'all listening home. can please yeah. also take this as a uh, an offering from yeah. us to you. If you want to like send us your social security numbers, I'm sure right. we can make sure very well. I don't yeah, that's it's a yeah. social <laughs> and, like, gamer your addresses. Number. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. No one ever, ever do, that. do that. Yeah. Um so I think it's Kyle's turn to go first. Uh, okay. So Kyle, what do you got for us? I would recommend to Derek to play Horizon
1: Zero. Yeah, I, I'm into. I it. Yes, I actually really want to play it now. Um, I don't really have much for this. I think like you guys have played more games than I have this year. That's fair. So I, I, I might just receive
0: recommendations. That's cool. If that's uh, cool, I am you know I'm satisfied. I got a game. <laughs> I'm sorry, Terrell.
2: Go ahead, Derek. Mainly, like,
0: most of the games I play, Terrell
1: just loans to me. And so, like, I would have been like, hey, you remember when I played, like, Like, these games before you did? Like, I I played your Breath of the Wild before you did? I'd recommend that. I'm not sure if I recommend Assassin's Creed Origins.
0: I don't like it very much so far. Mm. But we'll get into that. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Uh, My recommendations. So, have you guys ever played like what's your history with like roguelike games whatever you take that to be rogue <laughs> legacy for the playstation yeah, i, I just got that rogue and I, i'm excited to play it but i haven't touched it yet
1: I, I haven't played a lot of roguelike games just maybe like 10 hours in rogue Legacy.
0: this yeah. i mean this rec is not from 2017 and it's yeah. maybe pushing the bound there's two games both of them probably really push the boundaries of what a roguelike is and really <laughs> it's more just like the game is hard yeah um, have you ever played The Binding of Isaac? Oh, yes. no. I yes? actually picked that up for the Switch. I own it. Perfect. I own it on Steam. You I've do? Okay. <laughs> um, I would recommend Tyrell. Play it on Switch because it's a, it's a wonderful, amazing game and I've sunk, that's the only, that's one of the only other games I've sunk like over 200 hours into. It's like huh. um, a fascinatingly deep game where you sort of go through different runs. It's like Zelda, like square rooms with four, one to four doors and like enemies but everything's sort of randomized and you get random power-ups throughout the run and you have to make choices and there are different paths it's a fantastic game um that's my recommendation to you because like i knew it came out on switch and i think it's a it's it's just you can it's also it was my chill out game like i could like i got to the point it's like really hard very punishing for the first 20 or so hours maybe but like worth it because you make progress and then after that you can sort of go on autopilot after a while so i think it's really fun um have you guys played Spelunky? No. You've not played Spelunky. Oh my god, that even maybe more than uh than than Binding of Isaac. Spelunky is a sort of side scrolling dungeon exploration thing. You go right and you left and you slowly work your way down through a level and there's enemies and you can die very easily and you get little like heart like you can rescue a maiden or a puppy. You can change it to a puppy or like a hunk uh, to get more health and you can get little power-ups to sort of help you get through. Um, Again, procedurally generated levels within a certain framework, like the jungle and the caves and like uh, other areas. Um, Another like huge classic. And it's, it's another punishing game that like rewards you learning the systems. And I think it's, it's one of my, it's one of my favorite games kind of ever. Um, So those would be, those would be my recommendations, I think. The I, other the other I game is, like, is. if you have a Switch, play Battle Chef Brigade, because that game is new. <clears hell. throat> it's like a little match-three type yeah, game I've heard of this, yeah. with, like, fighting. You, there's, like, a little bit that you, like, go out and you hunt monsters and get their ingredients, bring them back and cook them, and then serve them to judges, and it's really good. I think that
1: was on, like, Austin Walker's It
0: was, 10, right? and yeah, I, I yeah. totally got the recommendation from him, and I, and I got it, and I really like it, too. I think it's really fantastic. Battle to- Chef. Brigade. Battle Brigade. Chef because
1: I was like I was looking through top ten lists yeah. and I was like oh yeah let's let's go to <clears throat> like Austin Walker see what he's got and I was like what the frack yeah the Battle Chef Brigade it's it's really
0: good it's and it's it's a it's a Switch game and it's really chill S- Super Major League whatever
1: yeah oh out out of the out of the park out of the park 2017 uh, yeah yeah I'm sorry Clearly yeah that's the one for Terrell I recommend Out of the Park 2017 it's we no. should do a we should do a l we should do a let's play of that game. <laughs> Just like what is this? Cause isn't like the, the baseball game called like the show, MLB the show. Yes. Yeah. So what the heck is out of the park
2: baseball twenty seventeen? You know what it might be? What? It might be like I'm, that I gotta Google this. certain variety of games that is like a it's like dead now. But there used to be, like, NBA 2K, which is, like, the realistic, like, you want to play as the Washington Wizards from that year, and you can get the roster, and do this, this, and the other, or Madden. And then there was was NBA Street. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking that it might be Uh, that's equivalent to baseball, but, like, baseball doesn't work that way. Yeah. (laughs) Did you guys ever, there was a a
1: game series where they took, like, sports and had made them all kids? It was called, like,
2: Kids League. Wasn't this by, like, Humongous Entertainment?
1: Maybe. But I played the little soccer one. You could play like as the U.S. national soccer team at all as little kids. I've not. Oh, it was, it was a PC it game. Yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Back in like the, the early 2000s. Backyard Ooh. something, ba- right? Yes, backyard soccer. And backyard baseball, backyard football. Oh, shoot. Football. Backyard yeah. I totally basketball. missed that. Those were probably Because there was like terrible. tiny Tim Duncan. <laughs> yes, I had little Kobe <laughs> Jones.
2: Tiny little Kobe Jones playing.
1: Kobe Bryant? No, no, this is, he's a soccer player. Kobe Jones. Oh. Kobe Jones. Yeah, I I know one sport I just smile really and well, and it's that's soccer. It. <laughs> I know
2: zero about all other sports. Yeah, that's I I so, I'm in the zero category. This we can totally delete this, but yeah, okay, it's really, gonna really quick. Of it we'll get
1: Out of the Park Baseball 2018 website says the follow up to the 2016 Metacritic Metacritic PC game oh of the God. year. Yeah, of course, is on its Oh page. yeah, for sure. Great greatness <laughs> has no
0: boundaries. <laughs> that's not on the website. It's on the website. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. Greatness has oh no my boundaries. God. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're all going to play this game. Um, out of the park. We should seriously actually like live, like, <laughs> like, like what record if, our record what if if it, if it's awesome. Like what, what if, if, it's if it's a really great good game? Fuck it, let's do it. Is it is it a PC game? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's 20 it's, bucks on Steam. Piece of cake. PC cake. PC
1: cake. <laughs> Boo.
2: All right. Terrell, what are your recommendations for us? Um <sighs> I'm going to keep it simple um with one game. That I started playing over the break, Persona 5. Um, yes. And I'll quick setup slash bashing of y'all for another category. Um, <laughs> started playing Wolfenstein over the break, and, and I got to a point where it was just like, yeah, I'm kind of getting into this. But then the thing that really put, made me put down the sticks was there's this moment where like a big old, like, Armored dude came out and he had some lasers and I was just like, "Oh, this is whack." <laughs> like, you don't want to kill Mecha Hitler. <laughs> no, it's not a matter of killing Mecha Hitler. It's like I don't want to figure out how to dodge these lasers. <laughs> so, it's like the shooting is not rewarding enough to make me feel like invested in this. It's this weird thing, yeah. and maybe I'm the only person who experiences this. But like, I had a hard time playing um, uh, Spec Ops: The Line because the shooting Mm-mm. is so bad in that game. Yeah, I don't feel an impetus to like dodge fire. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, I died again because this all feels really mushy and I don't like sync with it. So,
0: yeah. Um, Cards on the table. I played on easiest difficulty. I, I'm
2: realizing that that's probably that's the, the best way I think way that's to the way, way to do it. Yeah.
0: I, th- I honestly think it is because, like, there's other shitty stuff about the combat in the higher levels of difficulty. It's just like you die a bunch and it's not fun.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. Not cool. But definitely will, based on your recommendations, put it on easy mode and just kind of get through it. Yeah. Um, but just also the thing that I sort of agreed with um, Anita Sarkeesian. Apparently, hopefully that's not a four-letter word to say um, that I agree with her. Not here.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I did just, like, give a rant about, like, electing a Democratic senator in Alabama. It's like, a great thing. <laughs> I got, like, weirdly political <laughs> in my most 2017 game. So, like, I think most people have jumped ship. Yeah, are, like, you're right. safe yeah. now.
2: Uh, so Feminist Frequency um, started a podcast recently. Another thing that I would totally recommend um, – and one of the, the criticisms that um, Carol, Anita, and Ebony all sort of agreed was that the kind of hyper-violence of the sort of main leader of the Nazis, it's a woman character, in mm-hmm. that moment where she's sort of fat-shaming her daughter and this, 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 that, and the other, it was like, wow, this is a little over-the-top slash, like, very, what. <laughs> Yeah. I'll yeah. get you my pretty. Uh, yeah, 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 um, yeah. now granted it's clear that there are other moments where it becomes a bit softer than mm-hmm. just that initial kind of move, but um, that could turn you off to it. It's For just sure. like I I wasn't sure what was going on and I think the three of us have had conversations about like it's very easy to make it all seems so simple, yeah. like you yep. know, Caricaturized, Yeah, yep. this was our
1: Bioshock Infinite, disagreement, exactly. right. It's, yes, it's, exactly it's the same that. thing. Yeah. Like
2: yeah. you know, bad guys are bad, right? And good guys are good. And like good. that's <laughs> racism is when like a
1: white person beats a black person, right? right. It's like no, that's are you not... drinking
2: your coffee black these yeah. days? Right. <laughs> like, racism is
1: cartoonish, like that's so it's right. easy to see, not like right. structural and right. invisible right. and clearly impacting life and health of everyone every day. Right? right. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And I think that the um, you know. Tons of things to be said there. And yes. as Derek nodded to That's a bunch point. of books that sort of pick up and do that. Yeah. But like in and, and not to say that the that the game didn't have anything valuable, but it just kinda of put me in this place where I was just like uh eh. yeah. not open to it. just yeah. like that was a lot. Yeah. And it was a lot for a thing that like, frankly, I know. Right, <laughs> you
0: didn't need to be taught that. It's like, yeah,
2: I get it. They're really nasty people, but guess what? Sometimes they aren't maniacally laughing about it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they're sometimes. a bit more conflicted.
0: Cutting yeah. people's heads off, or yeah. Yeah.
2: exactly right. Like you know, yeah, it's it's sometimes it's like Charlottesville people marching and saying blood and soil. Yeah. Sometimes it's just the yes. you know person who had to check out the book from the library who was like, "Are you a football player?" Yes. Yeah. You know, sick.
1: Like, yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's like Paul Ryan. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like, hey, I just do P90X, and also I want oh, people to Jesus. die. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are we getting too political? Um, <laughs> too, we said this would be about
2: games, right? We, we don't do politics here. We don't do po- po- no,
1: no play. politics. No <laughs> politics is <No laughs> going
2: support. Well, I guess all that to say that I kind of took that up, out of the system. Out of the system. Yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> and I popped in Persona 5 thinking, like, all right, this will be cool. And just from the jump, I was like, Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. like there's this opening cinematic and there's this dude with the mask and he's like running through this casino and he's like jumping off a ledge and he's like, ha ha, stealing it. He's got this little bookcase, <laughs> a briefcase and it's got some stuff in it. And they're like following him, they're security guards. He's like, yeah, I'm getting away. And then it kind of like shifts to like the sort of metaverse version of it. And it's like, oh, these are the bad guys. Or this, is this, this, that, and the other. And here's the thing. There are several moments in the like, not very many hours of... Um, Persona 5 that I've played where I'm just like this is taking me back to when I was five and I was yeah. watching Power Rangers or yeah. I was four <laughs> and I was like checking out TMNT it's like this is like like Master Splinter coming out and saving them in TMNT 2 I'm like YES! yeah
1: yeah, the little five year old trails in his pajamas in front of the TV like
2: ah. Right, um, but the other thing about it, and I don't know, because I think this was something that we were kind of talking about with Zelda to a certain degree, is that the, you know there's kind of a formula here, right? You know, here's Link, here's Zelda, there's gonna be Ganon, and we all kind of know it and we're vibing to it. And the formula in Persona Five is not that clear because it's, you know not that same kind of iterative franchise, but there's certain moments where it's like, you know, there's this kind of character that came, it's like, hmm, this dungeon's really hard if only we had a fourth person. And then it's like, oh, guess what? There's a person who managed to slip into this dungeon with you all. It's like, huh, they're going to get powers eventually, aren't they? (laughs) Oh, they did. Oh, my God. And it's like, yeah. But then the whole way that it goes about it is just like, it's very much unapologetically... Not just kitsch, but I think even camp to the point of like, <laughs> yes, it, I get it. It like,
1: lampshades it. Like, right. it takes the tropes and is like, get it? We get how this is a trope, right? Right. Like yeah. okay.
2: Exactly. And, you know, it's, it's. I don't think Breath of the Wild fits into that category for the same reasons that you all are enjoying it. But the similar thing about it is, and this is one of the reasons why I think it was so useful for us to use um, uh, Rita Felsky to talk about it, is that, like, it's, difficult to critique because in so many ways it's this kind of level of experience that's very effective mm-hmm. uh, affective in terms of how it sort of produces joy and yeah. you know you have to and you have to enjoy you have to be familiar with the kind of grammar the most grad school phrase ever. Do it. The grammar of Power Rangers and Teenage Ninja Turtles <laughs> and Transformers <laughs> to be able to appreciate that to a certain degree, but you're also kind of like in on the drama. It's why some people think that like pro wrestling is actually kind of cool and there are good scripts and bad scripts on pro wrestling. And other people are like, this is all just trash, right? And I don't know, something about Persona 5 and the way that it maneuvered. And I will also say this, and I think we're going to maybe save this for maybe a future episode, but... The way that the first dungeon of sorts grazes against the Me Too movement, Hmm. and when I say grazes, I think it's, like, kind of tackling with it in ways (laughs) that might be a problem, but are also kind of cool and interesting to talk about, Hmm. I was vibing with it. That seems pretty cool. It was kind of a candidate for 2017, too. Okay, nice. And I'll shut up.
1: I think we've all done our share of talking.
0: (laughs) Kyle says, smiling. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was good. Um. I really I really want to dig into persona 5. Yeah, I've never played any of persona really games and and you you've definitely made the case for me to check it out
1: I was reading you know I looked up a bunch of you know because uh, we're you know we're all scholars so like I was like what do other people put on their top 10 lists or their top fives you know and the one I read about Persona 5 was like it people had a couple people that I like had chosen that for biggest impact of 2017 or was in you know the top two or three just because like it's not really like a new thing like a a new jrpg but just the level of exposure it's gotten in the west and in particular in the u.s has been like has blown away all the other i mean persona persona 5 there's one two three and four it's not like uh you know big hero six where that's like the first movie um also based on like a manga right (laughs) um weirdly sure uh but yeah so like four of the games before. why did persona 5 get so heavily marketed and so heavily reviewed, like, I don't really know, but it's like, something's different about this, right? And so maybe that's a a way, like, looking for in the future, you might have more kind of transnational gaming markets opening up. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and our next category is the best game we didn't play in 2017. (laughs) This should be quick. Um, We're just going to quickly mention a few, a game or two or three that uh, came out this year that we wish we'd had time for, but just didn't quite have. Um, So for me, there's a there's more than these three, but these are the ones that I wanted to sort of um, sort of put out there. Yakuza 0 mm-hmm. was apparently very good, and I've been following a lot of people on Twitter. And, like, uh, I haven't actually watched any YouTube playthroughs yet, but, like, a few clips on Twitter of people playing Yakuza 0. It just looks like it has a ton of style, and it's, like, really goofy. And there's, like, I don't know. It just looks fantastic and, and, and really interesting. So I I really would love to get to play a little bit of Yakuza 0 in the new year. Dream Daddy was another game that came out. Uh, this sort of like dating simulator with like more than just that uh, where you're like a dad with a, a daughter who's, you know, in a senior in high school and she's going off to college soon and you've got to sort of be a human being that isn't just about raising a child anymore. Mm-hmm. And you in this cul-de-sac with all these other dads and you go on dates with them. And it's it's not it's not all about like just sexual or like romantic <laughs> relationships with You haven't with, heard about this? Men, <laughs> but have you heard about this game before? I didn't know that you went on dates with dads. You do, yeah. Yeah, no. I, yeah, I yeah. saw that, yeah. Um you, they're, they're all hunky too. They're hun they're they're a bunch of hunks. They're a bunch of hunky dads. <laughs> yeah. And and but, but like so uh like the the reason I wanna play it is because so many people have described like it's not just about romantic relationships, but also just about friendships and like how to be a good person to other people. And like I think Vinnie Caravella has made the best argument for this game that anyone could uh during Giant Bomb's deliberations like uh like this was a game that he said like taught him how to be a better person. It was one of the few games that he wanted to talk about with his friends that didn't play games, right? It was like the things that he did in that game meant something beyond games, right? And, th- and that's an enticing proposition to me, and that's something I want to circle back to. And uh, Tacoma, which is from the makers of Firewatch, uh, um, Fulbright Studios, Space corporations you're going you're sort of rewinding time and seeing trying to figure out what happened on this space uh, station and there's labor politics in it and i'm really interested in mm-hmm. that just personally so that, that that's more of a sort of a like this is this game is like so for me um I, I really wish i had gotten around to playing it but i will definitely be taking a look at it in 2018
2: that diaries of space janitor and firewatch Fire yes War,
0: diaries Warcraft. of spaceport janitor has been for for now a whole year i wish i'd played that game and yep. i didn't. That's what I want to check out too.
2: Anyway, uh, Terrell, what do you what do you what did you miss? Um I'll just put all my chips on the center on uh for honor. And yeah, um game I wish I played, game I probably won't play. Um fair. <laughs> uh, fair. it's clear that it takes and you know. It, this would be a great candidate for a switch switch release. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think I don't know that the switch can even handle it. Frankly, yeah. just because the, the online components and a number of other things just may like tax it too much. But it is a very complex sort of combat, not even sim, but just like game where there's the mechanics of being able to block and parry require you to think about exactly how someone could strike you and how exactly you can parry it within a certain window of time. And, you know, beating the bots on a high level takes a certain time and you have mm. to learn to do that before you can even begin to play online. Mm. And then just the sort of experience, like, it's very much, you know, geared towards old school um, fighting game fans where, you know, you learn how the the cancel and the moves that take priority and how to execute the combinations and all that sort of thing and taking tens of hours just to get deep into a game to kind of learn its rhythms just to not be able to sort of play it. I think that and a game that I did play but you know didn't play enough to sort of get to this level Neo also mm. kind of had that very sort of complex stacking of systems and mechanics yeah. where to be able to play effectively I mean there are stories of people who took 12 hours just to learn the mechanics enough to beat the first boss Sure, sure. and it's like wow this is very fu- refined this sounds like a great experience and just the way to get embedded in gameplay and have a game enter your system I got comps to pass you do have <laughs> comps to pass but there's a yeah those you are
1: could good. say that's the greatest game of all Terrell
2: comprehensive it's exams not,
0: it's definitely not a good game at all
2: I won't dignify that with a response yeah <laughs> Our listener sensibilities. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's diplomatic. For
1: those not in grad school, this is comprehensive exams, yeah. which are a set of exams you have to
0: take. Read and a ton, a ton, a ton of books. Yeah, and it's super fun and casual. It's really great, and everyone loves it, and no one has any complaints <laughs> yep. about them. the end. Kyle. People always <laughs> pass. Yes, they always do. Kyle, what's the game you missed that you wish you'd played? Um, so it
1: came out, so for 2016, I, I've never played Overwatch Really? Yeah, I feel like that's just a game I missed oh, man. the mode on. You know, like yeah.
2: I never played it either. Really? Really?
1: Yeah, I, I've spent. I
0: actually spent like twenty hours.
2: it came playing out it in twenty sixteen,
1: right? Yeah, it came out in twenty sixteen. Or yeah. even. And you 50, know, that was one of those. It was just one of the games that I just like. I guess I was into something else at the time, yeah. and like I saw it, and I was like, oh, that looks tight. I didn't have, like, the right people to play with. It just, like, never happened. And now, like, I see all these, like, meme dumps of Overwatch, and I'm like, I don't understand, and it makes me upset.
0: Like, <laughs> there's, like, a cultural reference that I don't understand. I need to play this so I can know the memes. Yeah, so I can understand,
1: like, who Mercy is and yeah. what the, the gorilla scientist man yeah. is. So
0: Winston. Sure,
1: yes. And, like, the, the, the fat motorcycle pig. Roadhog.
0: Roadhog. <laughs> If you ever want to play, let me know.
1: Yeah, no, so so I think that for me, that's just something I'm gonna get into. Another game uh, is a game called Endless Space Two. Ooh,
0: yes. Uh, which
1: is from the Endless series. Um, I, I, t- I talked about it a couple episodes ago. But a game called Endless Legend. Yes. Um, and so I don't, re- I haven't heard any really reviews of Endless Space Two, um, but I like the Endless series, and so I'm like, let's get into it. But again, it was like it dropped around the same time that Total War Warhammer 2 dropped and Civ 6, and I was like, okay, I have enough 4X games, right, you yeah. know. I was also playing Breath of the Wild, and I'm like, I need to, like, also exist as a human, <laughs> and so I can't play all of these games right. at once, you know. And I think for some of these things, like, if you miss the boat, you know, if you're off by, like, a three or four months yeah. and, like, Maybe you don't see it on a Steam summer sale. Right. It's just like the game doesn't exist. Like I, right. for, I forgot the name of the game, Endless Space 2. I had to Google it because I was like,
0: what was that game? by?" It's like Auriga
1: Studios. I have no idea.
0: Anyway, so those are my two, Overwatch and Endless Space 2. Okay, that is going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening to our Game of the Year 2017 podcasts, probably in the plural. <laughs> um We really enjoyed making these, and we've got some really big plans for 2018. We've been thinking about sort of new episodes, new formats, new things that we want to do, writing, maybe even some video content. So um, keep an eye out on the website, scholarsatplay.net, for more information about that uh, in the upcoming future, as well as our socials. Um, We want to thank, of course, the Curb Center for Art, Enterprise, and Public Policy at Vanderbilt University for providing support, so the equipment and the time, space, et cetera, um, I want to, and also, you know, shout out to Haystack for like, you know, getting us started. And we want to thank Visiger, of course, for the use of his freely available song "The Plateau at Night," which I can never remember. It's our intro and our <laughs> outro song. And every time we start recording, we always try and sing it. And we always, and, oh,
1: you guys are great. And I'm always like, what the heck is that? I don't even know what that <laughs> that's, is. That's uh,
0: that's Kotaku. <laughs> is that is that? Uh, no, that's the Pod of America. That's, America. that's, a... <laughs> <laughs> that's the Pod of America star. Um, yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's gonna do it for us. Happy
1: 2018, guys. Happy 2018, happy we new year.
0: It. Yeah, happy new
1: year. 2018
0: uh, is gonna be a better year already. We're gonna, gonna, take, it. It. gonna we gotta. It. It's gonna we be, gotta, be great. We gotta take. We gotta take care of, our, of, our, of ourselves, of each other, work together.
2: It's gonna be great. Save the world. <laughs> maybe play a little religious basketball. <laughs> Just ready. a little
0: bit. Just a little religious <laughs> basketball. All right, that's it, folks. We will see you later.
2: All right,
1: take care. Peace.